Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Today, as we move into this, and let me just say, if you've missed any of this End Zone series, we talked last week about um, the different crowns that are giving out, the different rewards. We talked about when is the Lord coming back. We talked about different views. Uh, Will it be a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? We just said we believe it'll be pan-trib. It'll all pan out, right? I gave you a lot of resources. Remember, I said in in, uh, essentials, we must have unity. Essentials. Uh, the Trinity, that's an essential. Uh, salvation only through Jesus Christ is an essential. Uh, a non-essential is, uh, and an essential is he's coming back. A non-essential would be, when is he coming back? How is he coming back? And so in that, we say in essentials, we have unity. In non-essentials, we have love, charity, acceptance, and patience, right? So today, we're going to talk about what happens after the end zone. Yeah. What happens the minute after you die? What happens one minute after you die? Well, studying uh, every major religion, I've come up with seven options that happens immediately after you die. First of all, nothing. Nothing happens. That's what the atheists and the agnostics say. They say if you die, they're going to put you in the dirt, burn you, whatever, and that's it. That's kind of hopeless, I think. Or you return. You die and you return. The Hindus, the New Agers, some of the Scientologists, some of the Eastern mystic religions say, uh, if you do good in this world, you come back maybe one level higher. In the old world, if you, uh, if the previous world, if you were a bad butterfly, maybe you come back as a woolly worm in the next one. I don't know. Or you did good, you come back maybe as a, a, a some, something else. And so it's just that constant thing. Um, a third thing you can do is discover nothing nothingness. That's a tough one. Nothingness. Uh, Those who embrace reincarnation say, if you countless keep coming back and coming back reincarnation, you'll eventually get to a state of nirvana. Nirvana is the absence of pain and the absence of self. It's really not like you get to Nirvanaville. It's just, it just simply means you get to a state of nothing, nothing, nothing is going on. Or, get this one, you can return to space after you die. Scientology friends believe in the reincarnation that you are a reincarnated alien. That you came to this earth, your ancestors, millions of years ago. Hubbard in his writings talks about the process of Thetan, which is a code word for space alien that will be released back into space after you have qualified to the different stages. Hmm, there you go. Or number five, you can enter limbo. A lot of Catholics believe this, believe purgatory, that it's a temporary place and you got to pray, you got to give to get me out of purgatory. Some people believe it's soul slumber. Once you die, your spirit stays with your body until the resurrection. But Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? Or number six, you can arrive in hell. Three of the top five religions believe that, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, that if you reject the Lord, if you reject the way of salvation, then when the moment, at the minute after you die, you'll wake up in hell. 
That's, that's exactly where you go. You won't pass go, get $200, but you'll go straight to hell. And uh, hell was never created for you. Hell was created for Satan and his angels to, because they had to pay for their rebellion and their sin. But if you choose not to accept Jesus' payment, then you go to hell to pay your own payment because somebody has to pay for your sins. Or number seven, which I hope we all will choose, is we want to arrive in heaven. How many of you want that one? That's what I want to do the minute after I die. But let me say this. After Christ's coming, we started talking about this last week, whether he sets up his reign for a thousand years, and it's at, at the culmination of everything, there are two judgments, two judgments. Everybody here today is going to stand in one of those judgments, not both. You're going to stand in one of those judgments. Uh, Hebrews 9 and 27, would you read it with me? Every human heart is appointed to die once. Let's read again. Ready, go. Every human heart is appointed to die once and then to face God's judgment. You will die. Everyone in here, unless the rapture happens before you die, you will die, and then you will face God's judgment. The end of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament said this, God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. In other words, he's more than an all-seeing eye. He sees all of it, and he keeps a record of it. So after the end zone, you will face, everybody in here will face one of two judgments. It won't be billions of people, and then the Lord gets up there and says, okay, well, y'all did good. And somebody in the back says, what did he say? He said he needs some more wood. No, it's not that, all right? It's, it's you as an individual. He's going to look at you, and you're going to look at him, and you will be judged for your life. The judgment seat of Christ is the first judgment we want to talk about, and it's the Bema seat. It's a seat where the, where the king would sit and he would give out rewards to runners or to warriors who would come back in. So the judgment seat of Christ that we, we as Christians, if the Lord has forgiven us of our sins, I'm not judged for my sins. Jesus has already been judged for my sins. But when I invite Christ into my life, my destiny, my judgment is set and I'm going to go to the judgment seat of Christ. And it's a judgment seat in which that he's going to give out thank yous. He's going to give out rewards for how you've been faithful in this life. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. So whether we live or die, we make it our life's passion to live our lives pleasing to him. For one day, we will all be openly revealed. That means every motive that we've had will be open to Christ on his throne. So that each of us will be duly recompensed for our actions done in life, whether good or worthless. We said last week, and this was a good one, let's say it together. Remember, belief determines where we spend eternity, and our behavior determines how. My belief, if I believe in Jesus, then my eternity is I'm going to spend eternity with him on the new heaven and the new earth. If I say no... I don't believe in you, Jesus. You're a good man, but I'll take care of my own sins. I don't need you in my life. I'll handle it. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. Then my eternity has been decided. I have decided myself that I will spend eternity separated from God. In this world, God will do everything he can to gather us to him so that we are partners with him. But if you keep rejecting and rejecting and rejecting, there'll be day, a day that you die or at the end of that and your choice of rejecting him has determined your eternity. 
But our behavior determines how we will spend eternity. I said last week, not everybody's going to get equal rewards in heaven. Heaven is not a socialistic country. Heaven, we will be rewarded according to our works. Hell, hell, people in hell will receive different levels of punishment. I'm not saying there's different levels of hell. I don't know how all that fits, but I do know there will be different levels of punishment uh, in hell. I just... Just being there would be a punishment enough, right? People say, well, I just partner, party with my friends. We'll party. No, you won't. Hell is a place of total separation. Not only separated from God, but you're going to be separated from everyone else. And a place of darkness and a place of intense pain forever and ever and ever and ever. I was, uh, in between services, I was praying, and the Lord reminded me of Matthew 7 and 15. Uh, and I'm going to read it to you from the Passion, Matthew 7 and 15. It won't be on the screen, so you have to listen. Jesus is talking to churchgoers. He's talking to people. You see, my, my, my hurt is I believe there are people sitting in churches today all over the world that are lost. They've said, mumbled a prayer, but they've never had a heart change. Their life is not following after the Lord. There's no fruit but they think that just because they mumbled a prayer, didn't make a life change, that they're going to spend eternity in heaven. But listen to what Jesus says here. Constantly be on guard against phony prophets. They come disguised as lambs, appearing to be genuine on the inside, but they're like wild, ravenous wolves. You can spot them by their actions, for the fruits of their character will be obvious. You won't find sweet grapes hanging on a thorn bush, and you'll never pick good fruit from tumbleweed. So if a tree is good, listen, it will produce good fruit. But if a tree is bad, it will bear rotten fruit, and it deserves to be cut down. Look at the obvious fruit of their lives and ministries, and then you'll know whether or not they're true or false. Listen to what these people say. Don't judge me. Jesus just said, I can judge you whether or not that you're a Christ follower by the fruit that's in your life. You say, well, I don't like that. I like this thing that I pray a little prayer and I'm, I'm, everything's taken care of. So you're saying that if you pray a prayer with your mouth and your brain, but it doesn't affect your life, that you're all right? Here's what Jesus says to that. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the realm of heaven's kingdom. It's only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father. On the day of judgment, many will say, Lord, don't you remember? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? But I'll say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I have never been joined with you. You said words, but we were never joined together. That would be like me saying to my wife uh, all the years that ago that we were married, stand there and say, I love you. I'll always be with you. And then we never had a relationship. We never had a, a, an understanding. She lived her life. I lived my life. But yet we're married, but we have no relationship. And that's what Jesus says. He said there are people that took out fire insurance, prayed a prayer to get guilt off of them, and they never changed their life. They never bear fruit. You see, it's not the fruit that gets me to heaven. It's the fruit that tells me whether or not that I have a relationship with the Lord. And then the fruit that I produce affects my standing with him in eternity. Does that, does that make sense? Uh, Matthew 16 and 27 says, For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and he'll repay each person according to what he has done. Paul gets more specific about this. He says, On the day of judgment, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. 
You see, there are a lot of people who serve God and have gifts, and they use those gifts, but they use them for their own glory. They want to be seen. You know, they, I, I've, I've seen, I, I've been to places where when preachers preach, they want everybody to take notes, they want everybody to watch, and then when they go to a conference, they sit back, never take notes, and never even carry their Bible. You see, when they're in charge, and it's theirs, they're ready to give it all there is. We've had people like that on the stage. They told Andrea, said, well, if you'll let me sing that solo, or if you'll do it this way that, you, that I want, or this, then I'll, I'll do that. You see, they can then do it, but guess what? They've lost their reward. There's no reward in that. The reward is wherever God plays places me, I am faithful until he does something else in my life. Look at, this is what it says here. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives after he judges it. So in other words, he's saying today, Terry, I'm going to judge this teaching that you're teaching. It's not by how many amens you get. It's not by how many people say, oh, I like that and how many tweetable things they put. But I will judge you according to what I put in you and what my word says. And you're going to be judged for the motive. Was your heart right? Did you get up here just to be seen? There are a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, a lot of worship teams. They just get up to be seen. And it's all about them being seen. Well, he says, yes, but your, your act is going to be judged by the fire of God. Look at this. If the work is built, burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but it'll be like somebody barely escaping the walls of flames. He said, yeah, you'll make it to heaven, but you did everything for yourself. You did everything only to please you. It's like, you know, it's, it's your world and we get to live in it. You ever met anybody like that? It's quiet, but you know what I'm talking about. You I saw you somebody cut your eyes over. Stop that. It's gonna, we're going to be amazed when we get to heaven to see who's going to get the big rewards. See, some of you that don't make a big splash out in public, the Lord has seen everything you've done for years. He's seen your faithfulness. He's seen your faithfulness when it was not easy. And he's going to reward you. Not according to you just showed up but he's going to reward you because of your motive. I'm doing it because I know he gifted me, and I'm going to give him my very best. The second judgment is a great white throne judgment, and I hope nobody here today will be at this one because this is for unbelievers. Revelation 20, 11 through 15, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, because unbelievers don't want to look into the face of God. And there was found no place for them, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open, and another book was open. He said, there's, there's a stack of books. That's going to be the works that you have done as an unbeliever, the evil that you've done. And he said, there's another book called the Book of Life. And if your name wasn't in the Book of Life, then he shut that book, and he turned to the books, which have a listing of every wrong you've ever done. He said, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It's just the same as, as believers are blessed and rewarded according to their works, unbelievers are going to be punished to the level of their unbelief. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 11. Matthew 11. 
But I say to you, it would have been more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment. It will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon. So that means if it's more tolerable, then for others it's going to be what? Less tolerable. So there's a difference in the punishment. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Jesus says to those people that he walked among them and did miracles. He said, everything that I've done among you, if I did those works or even part of them in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented and Sodom would still be standing today because Jesus knows the hearts of individuals. But he said, all these works I've done and you've kept rejecting me, so your punishment is going to be bigger even those in Sodom because they didn't see me. They knew that the Messiah would come, but they didn't see me. So I'm telling you today, it's not good news. You're here and if you reject the word because he says, to whom much is given, much is required. So if you hear today me saying there's two judgments, you can't say, oh, gosh, golly gee, I, I didn't know it was going to happen. No, you're going to be held accountable. And so when you hear me say you're going to be rewarded as a believer according to your works that you have with the right motives, you can't say, oh, but I did this and I did that and I did something else. No, it's according to our works. Our destiny is settled by our belief, but how, how we work is going to depend on the benefits that we have. Romans 2, 5 and 6 says, But because of your calloused heart and refusal to change direction, you're piling up for yourself wrath in that day when God's judgment is revealed, for he will give to each one in return for what he has done. So he said, if you, if you continue to rebel and rebel, and re you're piling up wrath. In other words, your punishment is going to be worse than others. Heaven is not the default. We live in a world today in which I think that we've come to this, we just, this, I don't know what it is. It's just kind of like a, a, a place that we've got into, this bubble, like, well, you know, it's going to be all right. Everybody, you know, is going to get to heaven. Everybody's going to see Jesus. And if, if that were true, Jesus died in vain. The pain and the punishment was on his back in vain. It's not, heaven is not the default. Hell is the default. You've heard people say, well, you know, Uncle Billy Bob died, and Uncle Billy Bob's in a better place. You know, he never had much for Jesus and didn't have much for church. No, he's not in a better place. Listen to me. He's not in a better place if he never invited Christ into his heart. We've got to wake up as a church and wake up as individuals that people's lives are, are decided in the decisions that they make. So you say, okay, well, what, what's my next steps? How, what should I do? Well, here it is. First one is, Repent of your sin with urgency. Repent of your sin with urgency. If you've never invited Christ into your heart, or if, if you mumbled a prayer years ago, but your life hasn't changed, your heart is not after Jesus. I mean, you think about Jesus when you're in a need, or you think about Jesus on Sundays, but the rest of the week, you, you don't have any thoughts about him. And then you play around with sin. Listen to me. Listen to me today. Repent of sin with urgency. If you're an unbeliever today, listen, I, I beg you. 
I beg you in, in every way that I can not to leave this service today unless you know without a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today and you would wake up in the next minute that you would be in the presence of the Lord. Don't mess it up. Don't blow that. Don't say, well, next week I'll make a change or I'll make some other time. No, it's today. Repent of sin with urgency. And second of all, if you're a Christian, don't play with sin. Don't say, how close can I get and still be all right? Oh, excuse me. I found a flat Jesus. All right. Flat Jesus was worshiping with us today. Now I'm going to let flat Jesus uh, teach with me today. It's a long story. You have to go online and see some of those things, all right? Not flat Stanley, but flat Jesus. How many of you know flat Stanley? Okay, all the kids know Flat Stanley, all right? And, uh, but we have a flat Jesus. You should, you should know Jesus. He's not always flat. Proclaim, here's the next one, proclaim the gospel with urgency. Proclaim the gospel with urgency. You believe in heaven, right? You believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven? Then who have you with urgency told about the Lord or at least just said to them Jesus loves you some of you go home and you have kids that are lost some of you have parents and relatives that show up on Sundays for lunch or you go out and you never say anything to them about Jesus and I know what we think, well, I don't want to pester them. I don't want to pester them, you know. Nobody can be pestered into the kingdom of God. Nobody can be negatized into the kingdom of God. You don't, you don't reach people by saying you're a horrible sinner, you're a horrible sinner, you're a horrible sinner. They know that. But for us to go on continually and continually and never say anything to our kids... You say, well, I, I, don't, I just don't want to bug them. I wonder how much of a bug it would be on the day of judgment when you make it to heaven and they're separated into an eternity separated from God. Then will you feel bad that you bug them? I'm going to tell you, every opportunity that you have, you need to look at them and simply say, I love you with everything I have and God loves you with everything he has and he has a heart for you and he's never given up on you. Every chance you get, you need to say that. You need to let people know that. That's witnessing. That's sharing. That's opening up the door. One of the ways that we do that is to help people is we have these little cards. And uh, I, I give out these cards from time to time. And this one says, you're invited. We don't care where you've been. We just care where you're going, the Father's house. And just simply, I'll say to somebody, hey, I don't know if you've got a, a, a church that you go to. We went to some carpet this week. I said to the guy, hey, I don't know if you uh, have a home church or not, but we sure would love for you to come hang out with us at the Father's house. Just a bunch of losers who've been saved, a bunch of people who are sinners and have been saved by the Lord's grace. And now we're no longer losers, but we're winners in Jesus' name. Here's another card we use. This, is, this says something extra to show God loves you. And uh, we include this with, with a tip. We have a lot of these cards outside. You can get them as you leave. Because some of you who feel like you're never really good at witnessing to people, you can use these cards. So you wrap a good tip around it. And when the waiter comes by, you hand it to him and say, you know what? You did a great job today. And I just want you to know that, that God loves you. And he's got a great plan for your life. And hey, if you've got any questions, on the back of this card, there's truelife.org. And those are free video answers to life's hardest questions. 
Maybe I, we don't have time to answer your questions, but maybe you wonder, how can I be saved? Uh, you know, what is heaven like? Uh, what is healing? Why, why is there evil in the world? And so it's little quick things on, on truelife.org uh, that answers those. So, you know, sometimes you wonder, well, how can I witness to a Muslim? Or how can I witness? Or what is this? And on there, there are people who've been delivered from that area, and there's testimonies. So we have all these to help you. You say, but yeah, but I, I don't know if, it, if their life was changed. But yet, what if you planted a seed, and then somebody else comes along next week and says, hey, I want you to know God loves you. And all of a sudden, they begin to think, you know what? God might love me. I, I thought he didn't care for me, but God might love me. Folks, We've got to get urgent. We've got to get urgent about proclaiming this gospel of Jesus Christ and not let our loved ones die and go to hell. And then, then we need to build our life, build our life on things that last forever. What is it that you like more than anything else and you wanted so much? Guess what? When the end of this world comes, it's going to be burned up. Ed, all those beautiful cars you've got, man, all those wonderful cars, you spend a lot of time. They're going to just burn up. Yeah. Mike, your motorcycle's going to burn up, son. It's just going to go up in flames. That new five-string bass guitar you got, it's just going to burn. It's just going to go up. That drum set you got, it's just going to go up. But I'm going to tell you what, what won't burn up. Your life and what you've invested in Jesus. When you get to heaven, oh, wow. The things that you enjoyed here, you're going to only be intensified by enjoying them there. What an awesome, awesome thought. So I'm going to encourage you. You need to spend and sacrifice your resources on that which brings eternal reward. Life is stewardship. He says to us, I want you to steward what I've given you. I want you to be a good manager. So he says, I'm giving you a body. And then as a believer, this body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God says, I want you to be a good steward. Eat good stuff. Exercise. Renew your mind. Don't just veg out all the time. You know, don't become a gospel blimp. Do something, all right? You know, everybody won't be Barbie. In last service, somebody had a Barbie Bible. Have you seen that Barbie Bible? Not really. We're taking care of our body. You say, well, when I get to heaven, I'll have a glorified body. Well, what if it looks just like your body you got now? But it's in a different state steward of what he gives us he gives you a gift some of you have a musical gift some of you have a worship gift some of you have a teaching gift some of you have a service gift some of you uh, are the people who make the grounds look so good and, and do all that in the rain the sunshine and everything else are you using that gifts for his kingdom well I would you know if they do it how I wanted to do it no 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 then you just lost your reward even if you did it you just offer it to God offer it to him with the heart what about, your, what about your wallet? What about those reasons? Here, here's an interesting scripture. Lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. How do I do that? I do that through the tithe and through giving. Lay up treasures in heaven. He doesn't say lay up treasures in the Father's house, but he simply says something transactional happens when you present the tithe to the church. And the offering. He said, you live. So I'm, I was thinking about this. And I've been a tither, a faithful, consistent tither since I was seven or eight. So that means when I mowed yards and I'd get two bucks, I'd take 20 cents. We didn't give online back then. <laughs> I don't even know that we had envelopes. <laughs> we just, I just put 20 cents away. 
Don't tell me you're a good steward of the resources God gives you and you're wanting him to give you more if you're not willing to get in the tithe on two bucks. So I started at seven. I was thinking, Tim, all of that I have given since seven, and now I'm 70, and if the heavenly interest rate accrues at God's status, I'm wealthy. When we get to heaven and you don't have any resources because you've been so chintzy and spending it all on yourself and things that's going to burn up, if you come by, I might give you a dollar. (laughs) Think about that. Some of you who feel like that you're right at poverty level, but you have been faithful in tithing and giving of what God has put into you. And on that day, you're going to get there and he's going to say, this is what you sent ahead of you. But I know a lot of other Christians, they don't send anything ahead. And they're going to get there and say, well, why do they have it? Because what you did here affects what you do there. Does that make sense? Good stewards, good stewards. And here's the last thing I want to say today. It's my favorite. Remember, this world is not our home. This world is not our home. It's coming apart. Wow. He said, I'm going away to prepare you a place. Can you imagine what that place is going to be like? I'm going to talk a little about that next week. You don't want to miss that. I want to, here's what I want to do the rest of my life. I want to make the new heaven and the new earth so real and so appealing that we can't wait to get there that we can't wait to get there. And I want to make hell so real that people will know how much that we love them and care for them. Uh, What a tragic day. Look at this quote. What a tragic day of regret to stand before Jesus, the lover of your soul, and realize you squandered the one and only life you had here on earth. You ever squandered something? You ever squandered money? squander on something then you say where's your money or did you get your money's worth no but that right there motivates me standing before the lover of my soul barely making it into heaven he said to the person who had gave out gifts and he said I'm going to go away I'm going to come back and see how you do with those gifts one person doubled their gifts The other person doubled their gifts, and he said, well done. I'm going to make you ruler over ten cities in my new Jerusalem, in my new heavenly. And the person had one. said, well, I was afraid. I didn't really do anything with it. He didn't say, you wicked servant. Let me take back your talent. I'm going to give it to somebody else. So Matt, you better keep picking that guitar because I'm telling the Lord if, if you don't use that for him take that talent away from you and give it to me how's that? how's that? and I'll give you my guitar I'll give you my accordion playing uh, to you comes back to what they said last week in the gladiator movie that we watched part of Maximus said this what we do in this life echoes in eternity Let's, let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, and it's a, it's a sobering moment when we think about that how we live now affects our eternity, and the belief that we have now determines our eternity. 
Father, would you wake us up as a church? Forgive us of our unconcern for the lost. Forgive us for just sort of thinking everybody's going to make it. And Lord, we don't want to be... Uh, we don't want to be people who make people feel bad, but in a world that has no hope, we want to be people who make people feel hope. Forgive us, Lord, for not being compassionate. When we see people lost in our own family or those that work with us and those in our sphere of influence, would you break our heart with what breaks your heart, the lost? You looked over the city of Jerusalem and you wept because they were rejecting the only hope, and that was you. Lord, at the Father's house, break our heart with the lost. And Father, for every believer that's here today, would you remind us again what we do with the stewardship of our time, our talent, and our treasury affects our eternity. With every head still bowed and every eye praying, every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today and you're not sure, without a shadow of a doubt, you're not sure today that you're ready to meet the Lord, or you're watching online and you'd say, I, I, I'm not sure, Terry. I want to lead you in a prayer in just a minute, but I want to lead you in a prayer just with words. I want to lead you in a prayer that changes your heart's desire. So if you're in the house or you're watching online and you say, you know, I'm just not sure that I'm ready to meet Jesus. You know what? Maybe you've gone to church all your life. Maybe you've even done things in church, but you're just not sure. You don't have that assurance. Please don't leave. Please, please, I, I beg of you, please don't leave without that assurance today. So if that's you in the house or online, would you raise your hand and say, Terry, would you include me in this prayer? Include me in this prayer today. Thank you. Just raise your hand. Yes, include me in this prayer. Those of you that are watching online, today's the day I want to be included in this prayer. I want to know without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that I'm ready. Let me lead you in a prayer. Father God, thank you for your son Jesus dying for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your spirit. And as best as I know how, I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.